Hello and welcome to Lightspeed, where we discuss music and music production-related topics. My name is Sunwarper. My name is Curtis. And this is Spectre. That's right. Today we've got Spectre back after almost a year. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? It's good to see you guys. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, it's all good at this end. It's always good at this end. It's always nice. It's been a whole year, like we say, since we've last seen you. Uh, you've been on hiatus. Uh, you've gone away. You've done some stuff, and then you've come back. Um, and how how are you how are you doing these days? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. No complaints. Uh, fairly content. Uh, just keeping busy. It's the biggest thing. The best way to go. It's the best way to go. Well, um, we have got you back um, because we want to see how you are, obviously, and then we also want to see how. Uh, your position has changed and how your own production has come somewhat altered in this past year. Um, last time we spoke, we were talking about your use of templates and how you uh, like to enjoy and you enjoy using templates in your production. Uh, is that still the case? Um, I would say it's still the case, but it's not really relevant for my current situation. So I used to use them a lot when I was making uh, lo-fi, uh, but not so much anymore. So you've got a new album coming out, Huber's Mirror, on May 19th. I want to talk a little bit about the ways you approach songwriting in this compared to like the templates and other ways you did it with previous releases. Essentially, uh, when I was making lo-fi tracks, I feel like lo-fi has a very kind of accepted sound. It doesn't really have a whole lot of dynamic range. Um, it's usually pretty, most of the percussions and things like that are very similar and they don't change very much. Um, as opposed to, and, and also like their synths and samples are usually very soft. Uh, there's usually a lot of like reverb and things like that, I find. Um, so what I would do is I would, you know, I would make a, a, a project called like, you know, generic lo-fi template, stuff like that. I'd make a couple of them just with different variations. Um, things like side chaining the kicks to whatever, you know, synths, samples you wanted to use, things like that. Um, and when I did it, it would speed up the production process. Um, for example, uh, Lights and Permanence, my last kind of like solo record. Um, I essentially just, you know, I had that and it was really, really easy for me to kind of go through the tracks. Um, it sped up a lot of the process, whereas, you know, as opposed to me having to create a new project every time and start from scratch, you know, side chain everything, get everything all set up with the mixer and things like that having the mixer all ready to go, it made it a lot easier and saved a lot of time. And so I was able to produce that album very fast. I actually produced that album in about two to three weeks. So yeah, it was, it came together quite quickly <laughs> because of that. So how does that compare to what you did on Huber Smear? Uh, for, for Huber Smear, it was a lot more just, uh, well, I mean, at first I had these crazy expectations for the album, um, and it was actually, it had a different name at that time, but it was just a working title, but it was called Between Scylla and Charybdis. And it sort of, as I kept going with it, um, these grandiose expectations and, you know, trying to, uh, wanting to impress people, kind of, uh, I became more aware of it as I went on. I was doing things like... Um, really weird uh, time signatures and just, you know, really, you know, strange kind of things, which is cool. I don't think that any of those things are bad and I, th and I actually encourage them, but it got to the point where I was stressing myself out and overworking myself and uh, taking on way too much at a time. And it made making music into a chore for me. And I didn't like 
the whole uh, hubris surrounding it of how I had to, I felt like I needed to um, impress everybody and I wasn't impressing myself. And, and I think when I'm making music, um, when I impress myself, that's when I know that I've made a good track because I, I have to be entertained. I have to have fun with it. Um, if I'm not like, Ooh, you know, this is fun, you know, and where's, where's the entertainment? Where's the motivation? Where's, you know, all the great things that come with this wonderful art that we all create. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I kind of went back to my roots of when I first started creating music, which was mostly just, you know, experimenting. So, you know, in the same light, it was, it was similar. It was like the same vein of like, you know, trying to do different, trying to do different things. So we're going to take a look at one of the upcoming tracks that you've got uh, on this album coming out on the 19th of May. And we're, we're really interested in how you kind of started this track, how you found that flash of inspiration um, and how that kind of, how you kind of saw, saw it out to its uh, completion, we could say. So we're looking at the project file for Odd Time Signatures Don't Make You Talented. Um, so Spectre, what was the first thing you wrote for this track? Uh, I started out with uh, some bass plucks and then added some delay to it. And it gave me that whole like, Pink Floyd, the wall thing, the do, 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 you know, you know that, yeah. you know that sound. Yeah. And I just like, I was like, that, I like that. So I just kept rolling with it. Um, so in terms of, uh, I, I love how what that bass is doing, like you say, with the delays, right? It is very, very Pink Floyd in that sense. Now, in terms of, uh, if you've just like you say you've just come from a place of doing templates and then moving it up to what you would describe as a more a more natural way of, of starting a song would you say is that fair yeah yeah just having fun with it you know like if i don't perk up you know i, I can't i can't work i have to like be like ooh, i like that you know like yeah. i have to have that that inspiration um like, like I said, too, like, it's just hearing those do, 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 you know, it's just like fading off. It just sort of instantly reminded me of like uh, how much I love the wall. That whole movie changed my life <laughs> in so many ways and my perceptions of the way that I thought about music and, and visuals mixing together. When I hear music, it has to have a very potent kind of look to it. Uh, and then, and then I'll usually be like, Ooh, I love that. You know, I just get really excited and then I just start rolling with it, you know, and that's pretty much how I make music. So actually. that's an interesting point. So when it comes to adding on top of that bass pluck, you've got, were you just kind of going off of what you felt and like the colors and stuff you were seeing with the synesthesia? Sort of, yeah, sort of. Um, it's, it's also like really hard to explain, but like, I, I feel like, yeah, like, what I do is I'll like flip through like um, other synths like over top of it, right? And I just wait until I find something that doesn't really like take away from it, but kind of augments it, you know? So I just added those pads and a little bit of like a light base in the background too, just to fill in those gaps a little bit. And then 
I just kept going with it. it the, the track actually changed quite, changes quite a bit. So I'm excited for everybody to hear it when it actually drops. Um, but uh, that was one thing I, I challenged myself with, with this track was changing things a little bit too, as the song goes, it doesn't change a lot, but it does, it does change. And it's nice to have those key changes and things like that. Do you find as though, I mean, here, was there any specific direction? Was there anything you were trying to achieve or is it just, you were creating for the sake of creating? I think, I think it's like you just said, it, I was creating for the sake of creating, but in a lot of ways, this was me going back to my roots, but kind of expanding and progressing a little bit more too. Like, um, like I originally wanted to, but just in a way that was more myself and more me, um, because it's so simple. Like, like it's not, it's not complicated at all. This track is very, very simple, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. You know what I mean? And that was the thing with me is I thought that the stuff that I had made earlier, like earlier in my discography was too simple. And I wanted to try other things and venture out into cool time signatures and stuff like that. Like the title track is, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, it's like in 69. <laughs> so I was doing like really weird stuff and it was cool. And it sometimes turned out, but like I said, it was really stressing me out too at the same time. So cool. I'm looking at this project file and it looks like, like you said already, <laughs> that it changed, it changes a lot. Um, I'm curious, what was the driving factor of each part that you changed? Like what made you want to do this part or that part? Um, well, I, I've, that was like a big part of the progression part is I felt like um, I was inspired a lot by uh, artists like Boards of Canada and they're well known for their repetitiveness while adding layers as they go you know so it's always like they just stick with the same stuff and then they just like add new stuff as it goes along and that's always kind of been something that i've kind of done so with this i decided instead of doing that you know after about i want to say that that's eight bars but i'm probably wrong i can't see it properly right now but the first you know eight bars or whatever in a four four song was one part and then it goes into a key change and changes into another part which has in turn another eight bars and so on and so forth so i i i did a lot of change-ups they're not like massive change-ups or anything but it's just nice to have that key change you know after you've heard the same kind of re repeated chords over and over again and things like that if that makes sense mm -hmm. i'm not nearly as like uh knowledgeable and experienced in music as i pretend to be <laughs> i just kind of like make it like you know but the theory just kind of comes to me but it's not like uh it's not there it, I'm not able to uh, iterate it very well. <laughs> no, that's all right. It doesn't matter how you get it done. It's just that you get it done and you get it done in the way you want it to be done. Exactly. Yeah. Just to make it sound good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think yeah, that's honestly right. the biggest takeaway from like what you're talking about with this album is, you know, and we just talked about imposter syndrome, but you shed all those expectations you have with an album, with a song and you just yeah. go from the heart, just let it flow. No, that's a big part of it for sure. Uh, just have fun with it too. Like really, the moment it starts to feel like a chore, you're not doing it right. You gotta, gotta have fun with it. It's, your your tracks will never be as good if you don't have fun. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. I can't wait to hear the album, uh, May 19th. Yeah, uh, Matt, yeah, awesome. Uh, really nice to see your face again and find out what's going on in your world. Um, we'll go for a number three at some point, I'm sure. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, not at all, not at all. Always lovely talking with you guys. Fantastic seeing Spectre again in A. Uh, he's, yeah. such, he's always got something interesting to say.
I'm glad he's back, man. And it was really good to talk about that new album and like letting go of those expectations you have with it. Cause that's something I'm struggling with while I write my next album is I keep having this expectation that it's going to be something and nothing's meeting what I'm thinking. And it's been just really bothering me and I keep not working on it because of that. So hearing Spectre talk about him having the same sort of struggles and then coming to a resolution was something I needed to hear. I agree. I agree completely. And um, it's something I've struggled with before. And the idea of trying to create something, fit something into a box yeah. that will be be appreciated by people when at the end of the day, as long as your work is appreciated by yourself, it doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah. And um, I think he put it the best. Like you need to have fun. That's what, yeah. that's what matters. You know, really it's all it in matter. the, at the end of the day, it just is you making tunes, you know? Exactly. And it's, uh, it doesn't, you work with what you've got, you work with what you have and you, you have fun with it. You should do. And if you're not having fun with it, you know, take a step away, go play a video game or something like that. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. Um, it's been a pleasure and it's always fun. Um, we will be back next week with another radio. Um, and we ourselves will be back in two weeks with another light speed. Yeah. And in the interim, if you want to check out the stuff we've been listening to and influenced by, you can check out our Spotify playlist. It has a lot of the songs from the radio, but then other stuff and we take submissions. So feel free to drop us a song. Looking forward to next time. Take yeah. it easy. All right, man. I'll see you next time.